Good morning. Welcome to the Barn Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Exploring your faith hour. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by calling the number or emailing us on the screen there. And uh, I will take your question or comment uh, um, as they come in. Uh, good morning, everybody, again. I hope everybody had a good 4th of July weekend. Yes. Yeah, well, good. I did. I went down to um, a school reunion down in Alabama, and um, I graduated from a small school, so everybody who has ever gone to the school were a part of the uh, reunion. And uh, so we, it's not a lot. Most, many of the people died. Remember, <laughs> Many of them are old and wounded. It's hard getting old because when you get old, your face change and everything. You don't even look the same. So young people, you don't want to get old. It's disgusting. <laughs> don't you think old age is disgusting? No? You say no, sir? <laughs> you wouldn't know. Well, keep on living. And then down there, everybody was fat. I saw my whole time of being in Alabama, I saw two skinny people. And you were one of them. I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend, I have a good friend who lived down there, he had called me up and uh, he was cracking up on the phone. He like, this is before I had gone out to see that there were no skinny people. He was like, uh, 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 you see all the fat people around here? Everybody fat. And that's true. Everybody. Everybody ate the whole hog. And, uh, but it was fun. Had a good time. I, I was attacked twice. Well, when I, one of my cousins, when he saw me, the first thing he did want to jump on me about my views. But I told him I didn't want to talk about it. We were at the picnic, and I didn't want to get all into that. And then the last day I was there, another, uh, one of the guys that were there, he didn't go to the school, but his girlfriend went to the school. So he came with her. And uh, he attacked me the last day I was there. I mean, he just went off. He said to me, uh, and he was a tall, handsome guy, retired military guy, very intelligent. Um, he was a, according to him, he was a successful lawyer. So I was surprised to see his, his uh, attack. I saw him at the, the event the last day, and he came over. He said to me, uh, I have a bet on you. I have a bet. Me and a, another guy have a bet on you. I said, well, what's the bet? He said, somebody told me that you are a Republican, and I bet them that you are not. <laughs> and then I said, so, well, you better go get your money back before I tell you if it's true or not, because you're going to lose. And, I said, and he went off. Like, you're a brother. I can't believe you're uh, a Republican. You're a brother. We're going to have to save you. And he, he went on to say, I hate Republicans. I hate them to the point that I can kill them. I mean, and I was surprised, because he didn't, he didn't seem to be that way, I had seen him the night before, and he didn't seem to be so mean. And I told him, I'm, I'm surprised at you. You didn't seem to be this angry and mean. I just hate him. I hate him all. And it doesn't make sense that a black person is a Republican. 
what happened to you? I mean, he was like really, really serious. And I just told him he needed to calm down and didn't take it personally. But other than that, I wasn't uh, attacked a lot, you know, because I, didn't, I wanted to just have fun and not be arguing about anything. So I didn't, just didn't go with it. But it was fun. Uh, what else happened down there? Oh, I spoke at an event, a luncheon in Montgomery, Alabama one day while I was there. And uh, that was a very, very good turnout. Very good event. Uh, I ran into some good people down there who really want to get things better in life. They really do. Um, so that event was good. And then the next day, the last day I was there, we went back up to Montgomery. <laughs> and that morning we met with a bunch of black guys, had a really good discussion about relationships and black men and life and Christianity. And that night we met with another group. So I, I worked most of the time I was there. My work has never ended. I um, ran into a young 23-year-old black guy. He was 23, right? About 23 years old, no older than that. And he told me, I used to listen to you on the radio all the time. Oh, I listen to you on the radio all the time. And um, he said, I just hated you. I just wanted to wring your neck, especially the things that you were saying about black people. And then I decided one day to have an open mind. I'm going to have an open mind about what you're saying. And when I did, I started to realize that what you were saying was true, that you were not just saying these things to be mean and stuff like that. He started to see better. Then he got this job as a manager at his, at his job, and he decided that he was going to help black people. You know, he, as a manager, he could promote them and move them up in the company. And so he started doing that. And he said that he noticed that when they would move up, they, they didn't want to work hard. You know, they were complaining, they were lazy, they didn't want to do anything. And he said that uh, he had hired this woman, this black woman and a black guy in a manager, manager position, and they were just trifling. And so he had to transfer them to another location. And when he did, the woman got mad at him, became angry at him, and over at the new location, she started telling other people that he tried to sexually harass her, and that he had touched her the wrong way and all that kind of stuff. And she convinced the guy to say the same thing. And as a result, he was put on leave uh, uh, pending investigation of the situation. And so he was put on leave for about a week or two. They invested the situation and found out that the woman had lied. There was no evidence, no proof. The guy lied, too, and they got fired. He got his job back. He said, but at that point, he realized that he's never going to help another black person. He's absolutely done with them. He's not going to help them or do anything else for them because it just been, it doesn't work. And, um, and he's very disappointed about that, he said. He felt sad about it because he really wanted to help black people, but he can't help them. They just, they just don't get it anymore. And, um, and I said, you know, that's so unfortunate. You know, you're so young and you're in a position that you can help them. Uh, you say that's uh, the wrong attitude? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry? And why do you say it's the wrong attitude? Well, we use that same line for the whole black race. I mean, he should just do his job. 
see someone who has the qualities to move up, then we should move them up, not based on their color. You can't wipe out, you can't judge the whole race just on one or two incidents. What do you say about that? I agree with her. I mean, you can pass up someone who really is talented and willing to work hard, but it sounds like he had the wrong intent in the first place. What was the wrong intent? He wanted to, he wanted to move up black people because they were black, not because they were the right people for the job. Oh, so I see. He didn't do it. So he should not have had the mindset, I want to help black people. No, I think it's, it's prejudging that he, I think it's judgment in the wrong way, but he said, I'm going to help these people, and he let the color make him blind to the people that he was moving up in the situation. Very interesting. And their skills. And what? And their skill level. He didn't, he didn't look at their skill level, whether they were worthy of moving up. He just said, they're black, I'm going to move them up. That's the wrong attitude and the wrong, way to, wrong, wrong reason to do it. Very interesting. <laughs> what do you say to that right here? Hold on for the mic, right in the middle here. I agree with them completely, what they said. You agree? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if he wanted to I'm help. I'm sorry? A little louder, please. If he really wanted to help them, I think he should have recognized what their strengths were and helped them grow in that capacity before he just moved them up because of them They're being color. black. Yeah. Um, he want to help black people because you want to comment on that? Oh, okay, let's go over here. And then I'll put my little two cents. Then I want to go to racist Patrick. I bet he got an answer for us. He wasn't helping people just because they were black. It just so happened that the people he works around are black. Oh, yeah, duh, over there. So he heard the story. Um, what he did was he did offer the people that were working hard that, up, that uh, promotion because they were working hard in the jobs that they were doing. So he gave them, and, you know, and they were all to some degree friends, so he gave them that opportunity. But it just went south from there. Well, why did they? But you said that he trans. They weren't performing at that managerial level, so then they got transferred to another. Right. Place. Right. It's kind of. As if you're kind of pushing the problem away rather than addressing why they went. To there was a much more. The reason why they got transferred is because they got caught doing something at that place. Oh, yeah, that's right. So they got transferred for that reason, not because they weren't. They were working. doing something else they should not have been doing at work. But were they transferred at the same level, or were they demoted because of what they did? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know. I don't. We didn't get that into it. Yes, Rodney. Very interesting. When you have this story, it sounds like there's no blacks out there that are qualified or that work hard or anything like that. I mean, you're, you're painting a broad brush here. Well, right now, I'm just telling you exactly how he gave it to well, me. Well, he's painting a broad brush. You know, he, again, whatever the situation is, even if it didn't work out, he can't say, well, from now on, I'm not going to ever do anything for black people. He just has to wait and see who's worthy of it and who's not, just like he would do for any other race. He was accused of something, though, that could have ruined his, his whole job rest of his, his life. life. And it could have been any race of people that could have done that. But it was his race. And what? So you judge the entire race by rights everybody else? All he said was he wasn't going to help them to that degree anymore. That, right. So you're saying that if there's a person who comes up later who's qualified 
and who's good and who's the right fit. He's going to prejudge that person based on that previous situation, and that person won't get the opportunities he or she deserves because of it. That's the whole point of racism, the whole problem of racism that we have, period. I mean, you're applying one standard based on a very narrow situation, and yes, it was bad, but it's not representative of the entire race of people. I've heard of sexual harassment from white people too, or Hispanic people too. It's not like it's just black people who do it to black people. It's a prevalent thing in the workplace where it happens. People lie and they're deceitful, but you can't say, it's, I think it's wrong to say, you'll no longer help your entire race of people based on a bad experience you had. Because you didn't have that experience. But you, but you're saying that. You but, but you're saying, but, but those people did that, not the race that they were. I think the trauma was so much because he's 23 years old, and if that had not been, and it's hard to prove that you're innocent to that, and his name could go on record for the rest of his life, his whole career. So but he probably being, just traumatized. But them being, I'm not, I'm not denying the trauma, but him being, them being black does not mean that couldn't have happened in any other scenario. They could have been white and but it his, could have happened. His, well, I don't, point, I, his point was that he really wanted to help black folks achieve. Yeah, he really once was he into became, happening. Once he became in that so position, he, had, he really wanted to help them. Yes, but, you, but, but he had so much expectation of it that when one thing went bad, he decided to judge a whole race by it. And but that's wrong. It's not like he got slapped, though. He got... He almost got destroyed. How do you say a whole race of people now no longer deserve to be promoted because of two people? So if you get married and your marriage doesn't work out, you're never going to get married again because of that? So you may There are some them. people who don't. Okay, but that's wrong. You still miss out on the perfect wife or a good wife and family because you judge that prior marriage. You can't do that. That's a whole spiritual concept, isn't it, Jesse? Don't be asking me. Not to prejudge. <laughs> Not to prejudge. You should know that one. I'm just here. <laughs> I'm just telling the story what I heard. Not having expectations. Not judging. Uh, I'm glad I'm telling you guys about it. I didn't expect this kind of response. Yes, Ron. Can't wait to hear this one. Um, well. The guy came up saying he learned from you because your premise isn't that blacks are lazy because they're black. They're right. lazy because they're following a belief system, which is the Democrat plantation. That's why they're ruining themselves. Well, no, they're lazy because, and not all, not all, not all, but because they have not had good fathers and mothers to set that example right. while growing up to work. And to, that's, part of the, to, that's part of the Democrat that's a, belief system. Yeah, but that's a primary reason. Right. And I think he mentioned that, too. So I think Did he get into how they, they're coming from single parents and they really just don't know how to work? They don't have that yeah. drive. Right. So I think he's understanding that in the black community. Because there are Democrats who work hard. Well, for the cause, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just how I am. But I think he just realizes that the, the, the black community has a strong you know, sort of concept of the, the ruined family, so they've become that way. And that's his revelation. Well, okay. By listening to you, and then by what happened at work, you know. I like the fact that at first he didn't accept the message that I had. He didn't just go for it. And then he would go to Patrick, and then I'll come back to you ladies. Patrick is over there, buddy. <laughs> and then he had his own, you know, he decided he got to, have an open mind, and then he started experiencing his own life. Yes, Patrick. It sounds like the guy wanted to help because he had a 
false premise to start with that the reason these black, the black folks are not succeeding is because they've been held down in some kind of way. Therefore, I want to help them as the great helper. I'm going to help my people because they've been hurt by others. But what he found in reality was that there's a reason people generally in today's world don't succeed. And it's based on their own you know, reasons for succeeding or not succeeding. It has nothing to do, it generally has nothing to do anymore with some kind of mentality that the system, the white system keeps you down. Because that's not really the way it works anymore. Yeah, he did have a, 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 an awakening about that. That's for sure. Because he said it wasn't a white man holding him back. Right. So because he's black and he tried to help, and they still didn't take advantage of the opportunity. Right. So he just sounds like he just got an awakening about the reason people succeed or fail in today's world. Yeah. See? <laughs> That's the smartest white man on this side of heaven. My point is that if, if in the future, he has, goes on with his job and helps out some white people, and they do that to him, he'll be wiped out. He'll be devastated. Because a lot of white people now, the percentages of white people, they're not having fathers in the home either. So it could have the same yeah, problem. Yeah, that is happening there, you Yeah, right. so he would be wiped out based on that expectation that he's helping someone. He just needs to do his job, look for the talent, and, and you know, if they do well, what? reward them. If they don't. Yeah, I, I go to, yeah, I roll his eyes at right now. <laughs> 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 that, that guy wasn't wiped out at all. He was. He, he just, a situation happened to him. He saw what happened to him, and he just realized something about it. He, that guy was not wiped out at all. He wasn't angry. He didn't, he didn't emit one bit of anger in his story. He was just and yet totally, he, he just said, you know what? I, I'm done with it. Right. He prejudged a whole race of people, including himself. So what was that? I have no idea. I don't know what you mean. He said he won't help them anymore, meaning black people. He said he wouldn't do that because of what, what they did to him. Okay, he's judging them. He's judging the situation. He's, he's judging a whole so you, group of people just, based on that one as situation. As far as him being wiped out, he was not. That no, man was he not was wiped laughing out. while he was telling us. And yet he's he still. He was like, ha, 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 I ain't having no black people. <laughs> so, Jesse, what's your take on that, then, I should say? Uh huh, why you keep trying to pull me into it? <laughs> I'm just a bearer of the news. <laughs> the thing is, like, that's. For me, at least, that's frustrating because it's something I have to fight with every day, right? Yeah, I would think about you now because right, I know you're a, in a position like there's, that. There's, that creates a stereotype with what it does, right? So it creates a stereotype for anyone who's coming in the door to a business. And it's really hard as someone who's a black woman who happens to be a very hard worker and very good at what she does, but to overcome the constant attitude that because of my gender and race, the expectations for me are so low, or people are like surprised when, when the work is good and the job You're is like, well done. Wow, I'm surprised. You're such a good worker. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> condescending. It's rude. It's, I mean, but that's the thing. That's how those attitudes get started, and you decided to make a judgment on a whole group of people. And I understand stereotypes have some value, but it's just it's a an isolated but very bad incident but it isn't necessarily representative of the entire group of people. One thing I want to say to you is that I wouldn't allow myself, I wouldn't have that kind of mentality within myself that I have to represent anybody or anything. I wouldn't have the thing, well, because I'm black, that they are expecting me to do, you know, I have to work extra hard to prove 
something to be contemplated. I don't have that mentality at all. No, I and couldn't. And so don't put that on yourself. And I call. couldn't be successful if I had that chip on my shoulder. Right. Right? I can't let that kind of stuff yeah, get to me. Yeah, don't even let it apply to it would, you. Because it would affect how I worked, right? right? But it doesn't mean it doesn't get thrown in your face every once in a while. Do they say it or just things they say that implies it? They say it, they imply it, the behaviors. I mean, it's not consistent. Do white people say it or black oh, people? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't work with black people. There's, no, there's literally well, no one. black people in what I do. Well, go work. three of us, I guess. Go to your folks. <laughs> See, that's the problem. Your mom and dad have moved you in a white neighborhood. You grew up with a white mentality, and now even white folks, black people don't like you. No, there's only, in the industry I because work in. It, no, no, listen. Isn't it true, though, the way you speak, the way you work, the way you carry yourself, if you went and worked with a predominantly black company somewhere, wouldn't they attack you telling you you're acting white? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So that's what I'm talking about. No, but, that's, but I work with white people. There's uh -huh. other races, but in the industry I work in, I think at my level, probably Southern California, that I know, and it's it's a it's a big industry, but it's small. Everyone knows each other. There's probably three or four other black men who are in the role that I do. Yes. Of hundreds of people who do it, but it's and then if you go down the ranks, it's even fewer. But there's probably predominantly three or four of us who are black who are actually respected in the business and do what we do. But there's no women. And there's very few black people who do it. But. Oh, good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. If that guy is gone, there won't be any. What? At the rate that guy, again, with the stereotype from the guy, there won't <laughs> be able to be any. But, I mean, but... So I, you don't think he could you consciously don't. hold down the next black person that comes by because of his thought, even though he wasn't white yeah, now, quote, unquote? Yeah, why you keep sitting down? Are you lazy today? <laughs> the black man going to sit down every chance. <laughs> Every chance he gets, he go sit down. See you there? <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't say he was going to hold anybody back. Right. And I didn't even get that impression from him. What he did say was that I'm not going out of my way anymore. Yeah. Yeah, he was happy about it. It wasn't like he was going to try to stop them or anything. He was still it, traumatized by it. He was just saying extent. he wasn't going to put his life on the line for it anymore. Right. He right. was still traumatized by it to some extent. And because of that, I'm sure he's going to hold back a little bit. I mean, I can't prove that, but you can't prove he can't. He won't. I wasn't trying to prove it. All I was I saying was the facts. And I'm saying he's traumatized by it to some extent. Too. And it was funny when he was saying it because the way he was saying it. And we were like kind of cracking up, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't like... Because you were agreeing was, with it, that's why. He wasn't... Because you were kind of agreeing with it, that's why you were laughing. <laughs> no, I was laughing because he was saying it so funny. You know how country people are. They just say what's on their mind. They don't hold back, right? So he was just saying it and cracking up while he was saying it. So all of us was cracking up. Because there were some more people there, too, as he was telling us the story. And they were agreeing. Well, that still doesn't mean all black people are like that. Right. What, yeah. But, but that's, what, that's what, like, the message is almost. You know, it's like almost But okay. I haven't, you talking about today and just mean it or? It's almost like, it, you what? know, he was... He was saying that, but he really wasn't traumatized by it. He's really not going to do anything bad for black about black people. But no, I believe I'm he was traumatized by the situation, that's yes. for sure. That would be shocking to any, especially a young man who's just with getting his life career going. Yes. Huh? Yes, with any situation in the workplace. Well, not any situation, being, but one like being that Being accused sure. by any color person of something you didn't do would be traumatic. Uh, Tanisha, you don't have to... Ha Tanisha. I mean, Tanisha... You got, you got one of us. That's yeah, one of you. <laughs> you. You don't carry yourself like you are 
lazy person. I'm, or, well, I'm not so lazy. I doubt if people see you that way at all. No, I'm, I'm the opposite of lazy. You can yeah. never accuse me of being and lazy. You're a go-getter. You're very aggressive yeah. in going and getting in. You, 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 you have energy. So I don't think white or black people would see you that way. It, well, you... Uh, so you don't have to prove yourself. No, you do. I mean, well, the woman part comes in, too. And I don't even worry about no woman thing. <laughs> it's still there. It's still there. I mean, What's there? Where? Like, in, I work in a very male-dominated industry. There's very few men who do it. So you get, you get a lot of the, you know, oh, sweetheart, good for you. Or you get the assumption, I walk in the room, that I'm the secretary, not the one coming into action. Do they say that? Um, in so many words sometimes, and in some, in, sometimes in their actions. But they have not said that to you. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes in their words, they've they, done it, yeah. They say, oh, sweetheart, I thought you were the secretary. Well, they said, like, you know, it's, it's more like, it's more con it's condescending than it's kind of go, they, it's like when, for instance, you can be sitting in a meeting with someone, and you're talking about a transaction you're going to do, and you ask them a question, and they answer that you're male counterpart. They don't ever look you in the eye. But that may not be because you are a female, per se. It could be because they feel insecure around you. Because a lot of men feel insecure around women. That would be one interpretation. <laughs> but if you, have, if you have the mindset that is, and I want you to try this when you go back to work, don't have a mindset about anything. And then you'll see clearly that it's not what your mindset have been told, that you've been taught. This person has another issue going on with himself. But your mind would tell you, oh, it's because you're a woman or because you're black. And that could not be the issue at all. Well, in, in any situation, whether it's them responding to me because I'm a woman or black, it's, 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 always, their, it's always their issue, right? Yeah. It's always them. It's never... But I want, I want you to give all people the benefit of the doubt and don't have a preconceived mindset based on what the world have said and what your or other people's experiences in life because you're on a different mission than the average person. You're not just there working. You're setting an example. You can show people how to overcome things in life. But if you have a preconceived mindset between blacks and whites, male and female, then you may not help someone that really needs some help. Did you give that, make sense? that same advice? Be quiet, Ronnie. Yeah. Get back, Satan. Let me finish with this first. <laughs> get, back, get behind me. No, uh -uh. you didn't. I want to talk. This is so important because I know I've known all my all life. Uh, does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, don't, whatever is happening in your head, don't go with it at all. If you don't see clearly what it is, just assume you don't know what it is. Because Satan will use that against you, and God may be trying to use you to help this person, because God operates at work too, if we have a clear mindset and allow him to have it. So whatever the world have told you about the man and woman relationship, the only female there and all that, do not let that apply to you unless it is revealed to you. That way you can help people in other ways, too. That makes sense? I can't hear you. Yes, it makes sense. All right. Yeah, because I don't want you to have that money. I don't want anyone to have it, but I especially don't want you to have it. No, I, I, no it, it's, I would say that it's not a thing I think all the time, but it does creep into your mind. Whenever it creeps into your mind, let it creep, creep right out. Because that's not God telling you that, and it's not you telling you that. It's a setup from the deceiver. All the time, 100%. And it is it using what you have learned in the world about this 
kind of thing. He's using that against you so you can't help people spiritually. So whatever creeps into your mind, just let it creep right on out. Give it no light at all. Don't play with it. Don't believe it. And just let it go. All right? I don't want you to grow up like that. Because you're on a different path. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. It's and don't... getting harder, though. As I get more senior in the organization, that stuff comes up a lot more than it did when I was younger and doing it. Yeah, and you'll see what it is. If it's that, you'll see it clearly, and you will also see how to deal with it. Yeah. You really will. But if it's not revealed to you from God, let it go. All right, now let me go back to your mean mama here. <laughs> That's perfect advice to give that guy also. How do you know I didn't give it to him? I haven't you said anything never said yet. It. I asked you. But I know, but you try to pull me into it. I'm just bringing it. I'm just bringing you. I'm the not news to you. I'm trying to pull you into it. I ask you. I'm just telling you about my vacation. <laughs> all right. I haven't had it. I bet you got all kind of opinion what I said and what I think about it, huh? No. Oh, good. That's why I ask you. Right, right on. <laughs> right on. Yes, sir. And then I come here. Yes. Oh, John, you had your hand too, right? Oh. Let me let me take here first. Then. I just want to say that I've I've been at three or four different companies and I've left out of frustration. I've burned bridges and I and I look different than most of the guys in the computer games where I work. But every time I've left, thinking I was the outsider, I've heard about the company and they it's usually they're fighting each other. They're falling <laughs> apart anyway. It's always been like that. Every company I've left, yeah. they end up. You know, so I thought they were all these little groups, but they really weren't. They were That's just right. fighting each other anyway. You'd be surprised how the devil set you up. I'm telling you, he made you see things that are not there, believe things that are not true. That's why I want you to be careful with that kind of stuff. Please be careful with that. Uh, yes, John. Uh, I had a friend that uh, he was into buying houses and renting them out, and he wanted to help out black people. And I guess he rented out uh, one of his houses to some black people, and they had a uh, some sex, Section 8 uh, subsidized. Uh -huh. But they ended up not being able to afford the uh, house and they had to move out. They ended up tearing up his house. Yeah. And he told me, he said, I'll never rent to black people again as long as I live. And, uh, but I just thought, hey, that's his decision. And what did you say to him when he told you that? I really, that was not him. It, it didn't really bother me. I mean, uh, I guess his money is business. You didn't say And uh, I didn't... Uh, you didn't say, child, I understand how you feel. No, I kind of really, uh, really didn't care. I mean, that was his decision. But he wanted to help out black people. And when that situation happened, that's what he said. He had never help out. He had never rent to black people again. Wow. We so got to tell... It's not like a unique belief or a unique thought or situation. That it's, it's I happening. can't tell you the number of successful black people that I've run into over the last 24 years or so who have said the same thing. I'm done with black people, no more hiring them, no more renting to them, no more anything because they always get taken. And um, there isn't, and, and like they're saying, not all of course, but there is uh, an attitude like that out there, especially with this younger generation that have not had two parents in the home to guide them and to be that example for them, that attitude is there. It really is. And folks who are into just helping black people are experiencing what's going on. Now, somebody made the point, well, maybe they're not handling it right. Maybe they're overreacting. That could be true, too. But they are getting burned 
by black people when they try to help. Um, I thought one of you guys made an interesting point. Maybe they shouldn't have that mentality that I'm going to help black people. Just live the life and, <clears throat> and help people according to the need and not the color. I think maybe then you, if, you, if someone messes with you like that, you don't feel like you're not going to help anybody else in the race, but whether it's a male or female. Because if you got the mindset, I'm going to help all women, and then they screw up, you're going to say, I'm done with women. You know what I'm saying? I'm just done with them all. So I think maybe it's the mindset that makes you make the wrong decision when something happens. That's what I'm thinking now. Yes, Raymond. Thank you. I, from what I've heard, this person you talk about, he went, uh, it seems like his idea of helping, uh, helping black people may have been a case of what I would call arrogant assumption. He assumed that he, um, he can change a lot of things if he, uh, if he said, example, I ha I help his own, own people. But, but as I also heard, heard here, I also hear a lot of arrogant assumption. And there's always a danger of assuming that you, what is there and what isn't there. Now, um, I hope. I, th I think that um, there is a mindset in the black community now that we should help one another when we get on our feet, you know, because of the situation. And so a lot of black people would love to help other blacks because they had been taught, first of all, I was never told that growing up. You got to help black people. It was never, no one ever said that to me, but they do teach that now that you got to go back and help your own people. You got to help black people. So that mindset is there. And when people get on their feet, they do want to go back and try to help other black people as this young man did. I'm going to try to get him on the radio show so you guys can hear it for yourself. I think you'll like that. All right. One other thing I want to get to real fast. As you know, the illegal aliens are here. The children are here. You can take the mic down there. The children are here. Um, and they're coming in by the thousands. At the end of this year, it's predicted that anywhere between 40 to 50,000 illegal alien children would be in our country. That doesn't include the adults, but just the children. Uh, what do you guys think about that? 90,000. 90,000 by the end of the year? By September. Huh? By September. By September, 90,000 illegal alien children? Um, what do you think about that? Oh, I'm sorry. Wait for the mic there. I feel like they're children and they're fleeing for a reason and around the world that people don't have the same amount of safety and quality of life that Americans do. And if we have the resources to help them, we should. If we want to be this nation that sets the example for the world, we know we ask other countries to take refugees and on a constant basis. It seems a bit odd for us to say that we wouldn't do it, especially when there's children, because children are children. I don't care whether they're Mexican or they're American or they're Canadian. Like, they deserve the protection if they're fleeing these horrible situations. What do you think? Way in the back behind. Yeah, right there, yeah. Well, I don't know. I try not to think about that or stuff like that. I have no idea. You try not to think about yeah. the children? You <laughs> I don't Actually, blame you. <laughs> no. All right. I, I don't know what to say. What do you think about it, then? Yeah. Well, I heard so much about behind the scene stuff, you know, what's really happening. 
that um, I just know that they're just using the children. Like uh, other people are coming along with them, mm -hmm. like adults and criminals and stuff, but they're just talking about the children. They're just using them. What do you think about it? The children. Um, it's about the children. <laughs> um, well, I mean, they are, well, my dad, he tells me some stuff about, you know, what kind of like the criminals that are going with them and you tell you a little loud for me about the criminals that are partaking in the children coming here. Right. I mean, yes, they are children, but I don't really, I don't know what I, what my view is on it just yet. Oh, you don't know your own view. Yes. Because your dad keep yapping about it. Well, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I can hear him now. I don't know the whole story. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard for me to. I understand that. That's good that you know that. What do you think? Let me ask Hitler. What I think about it is, is <laughs> tr true, it is true that the children deserve our, uh, the safety and the standard of living and everything because of the poverty-stricken Central American and everything. But there's one thing very important you have to consider is that we cannot help every single human being on the face of the earth, okay? So it is not right for us to take on all people and stuff and everything, you know? Because if we keep doing that at a, at a regular pace, our country will be as of a third world country as the Central America or other, other countries that are not doing as well. So you think we should send them back? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, let me ask Hitler's father. And then we'll be done. And I, and I got a scripture that I want to focus on here. What do you think about it? Well, first of all, uh, <laughs> first time I heard you say that you called Robert a Hitler. But anyway, let, let me get on to the <laughs> subject matter here, okay? Uh, you know, we've had, unfortunately, we've had illegal immigration going on for nearly forever. But the question is, how come suddenly kids are coming? What caused that to be? Okay, so because we have never had that before, that, you know, what, 70,000 kids? So what do you think we should do now that it's happening? Well, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's an involved thing. Unfortunately, the, the laws that uh, exist, as far as I know, okay, is that we can't just, uh, you know, uh, get them at the border, put them in a plane and send them back. What do you think should happen? That's what, huh? What do you think should happen at this point? They should all be returned. All the children? Dealt with them humanely, but they all need to be returned, without exception. See, I told you it was Hitler's father. Rodney, what do you think about that? Huh? Rodney. I only have one more minute on this, so that's why, because I want to get to this. I think there's been a lot of manip manipulation going on, so I, I do think they should be returned because our resources are stretched, too. They're bringing a lot of disease into our country, and they're not, our politicians don't tell us a lot of things that are happening. Right. Like about the disease and, and why they're coming. And they are, again, they've been in these countries for a long time dealing with the chaos and the crime and whatever is happening there. So not, I don't know if that anything changed so drastically that they all have to come to our border at this point. So I think they should turn them back. I, I agree 100%. I think that for this, to happen in our country is, is over for America. It's going to destroy us. As you said, we can't afford it. It's an overload. 
and they need to shut the borders down, get these folks out of here and start cleaning up house. To me, it's like a man who is married and he has three or four children himself. And when he dies, he meet another woman who has seven kids. He go and leave his family and go and take care of this woman and her children while his kids suffer. His kids suffer with his original wife. That's what we're doing in the United States of America. We need, what about the children here? You know, and, and the people were saying, what about the children? They, are, they believe in abortion. They believe like 90 going north, those kids don't have a chance. When you look at the children who are killing each other in the, um, Chicago and different locations, what about those children? And so how are you gonna not love your own children, but love somebody else's children more? It's all a game that's been playing on us. It's bad for America, and it's unfortunate that it is happening. It really is. And then they use the children so that we can feel sorry for the children. Those are not our children. God ain't got nothing to do with that. Because now they're trying to say, we're Christians. It's the Christian thing to take care of them. It's not the Christian thing to take care of them like that. They're deliberately piling on us. I saw a report the other day where it says 40 to 50 percent of these kids belong to illegal alien parents who are already here. They've come and they made money and now they got money, so they're going to afford to pay the drug laws, the children, whoever, bring them over here. So a lot of them are coming in to their illegal alien parents. It's not like they're coming from bad things, you know. And uh, if those places over there have problems with gang violence and stuff, they need to get up and do something about it. That's why they have a government. That's why they have police officers in there. Don't send your bad child over to me. Straighten up your own home. It'll be like when you had your baby, your baby turned out to be a gangster. You guys don't want her, so now you're going to send her to my house. And then I can't put her out. Let me take right here, and then I'm done. I can't put her out because it's the child. Uh-uh. That's not godly. That's not loving. With the white on you. All I was going to say, Jesse, is if, I mean, I agree to not, we shouldn't take them in, but if we, it's like, when's it going to stop? You know, you allow this wave of children. Yes. Just, you're just enabling the situation. It's just yeah. going to get worse and worse and worse. Yeah, that's right. There's no end to it. So, and so you can say children all day long. It don't make me feel bad enough to fall for it. Because the folks who are saying children don't care about children. But speaking of Hitler, it's a pretty dangerous <laughs> attitude. It's a pretty dangerous attitude, right? Because the isolationism <laughs> attitude in America is pretty much what allowed World War II to happen to the extent it, it, it was a big part of what happened. But we don't have an isolation attitude. No. People come here through the front door every day. But no, but I'm saying the attitude that we're that we're saying that we should, you know, we I agree we should take care of our own, but to ignore the world at large. It's not that you're saying that you would, you know, you'd ignore the world at large no matter what's going on. And the no, atrocities. No, America is the only country that I'm aware of besides Israel that have gone out to help people more than anybody else. We believe in helping people, right. but we need, to, we need to help them in their own land because we can't dump everybody in this land. Okay. But we have sent military men and women out. We send them out all the time. No, I know. I, I just wasn't clear on what your and, attitude was right. as it translates no, into the we, help. If they cry out for help on their land, we'll go help them. But you're saying food. just don't come here. Right. Don't want to come through the back door and overload us. Okay. You know, eat up all our bread. 
and leave us hungry and our children hungry. We are a country that reaches out to the world all the time. Even when we shouldn't be doing it in some situation, we still do it anyway. So it's not about isolation at all. Yes, Mary. Lord, y'all don't want to hear about the Lord today? In addition to that, I think that uh, the United States is giving a lot of money to each and every one of those countries. Yes, they're and giving those money. Those countries, they, the heads of these countries take the money and they do not help the, the people. I mean, I've been to Honduras and Guatemala and Central America, and it is just awful the way they have the kids not being helped. That's right. And then we have a military man, a Marine, I believe, Sergeant, down in Mexico, that we won't even bother to go after him. Not at all, while we're having letting all the criminals come in and stuff like that. And they're using this children thing to make us feel guilty as Christians. Do not, and I repeat, do not fall for it. They know how to get to you emotionally. That's why God wants us to have logic, insight, instead of emotions. Because Satan will play on your emotions every time to get what he wants. To make you angry or make you feel good. And the reason they're using the word the children is to get to us emotionally and as Christians make us fall for it. Do not fall for it. When they can say, okay, we're, we want to save the lives of the unborn. We want to stop all this killing uh, black, you know, crime on these children. Then we'll say, okay, we'll listen. How about our own children? All right, that makes sense? So don't fall for it. That's why I wanted to bring this up because they're going to use certain words on you to make you uh, respond. Hold that until after we finish the taping and then I'll get to it. Uh, I want to go to Luke 21:19. Luke 21:19. Did you want to comment on that real fast? You only have a minute. Yes, I believe I should comment on it since I am the uncle of Hitler. Um, Since you to what? The uncle of Hitler. Oh. Um, yeah, I, all the points you made was the point, some of the points I was going to make. So um, as far as the refugee, have you heard of any revolution going on in those countries? No. It's all same they're old, same old. They're not refugees. Yeah, they're not refugees. A refugee yeah. is when a revolution has occurred, right. fighting has broke out, a civil war. Nothing like that's going on. They just use certain words to control us. Yes. They know how to do it, folks. You've got to be aware of that. Uh, Luke twenty one nineteen. Uh, you have it running. Um, yes. You do read it for me. Luke twenty one nineteen. In your patience, possess ye your souls, and when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nay. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. Uh, what was that? No, that was Luke 21, 19? It was. That was 21, 19, and then 20. 19, 20, and 21. Oh, she read 20 and 21 and all that. Oh, okay. All right. Here's the point I want to get from that. Possession of the soul, possession of the soul is gain through your patience, endurance of what befalls it. Okay, so God is saying that possession of the soul is gained through patience, endurance. And that, that's what that scripture is saying. Luke 19, 21. By 19, I'm sorry, 21, 19. 
by question. Okay, just just read uh, nineteen. In your patience, you shall win your soul. Yeah. Yes. What does that mean? How do you do that? It says that possession of the soul is gained through your patience, endurance. What does that mean? Patient, endurance. I can hear James now. Uh, anybody know what that means? You've heard that before, right? No. You never heard that. No. This is so good, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have your hand? Yeah. What does it mean? I mean, I don't know if this is a big revelation, but this is what it means in my world. Well, don't worry about the big revelation. Yeah, let's throw the big revelations out. Yeah. Um, it seems to, sounds to me that it means stay away from your thoughts, and it, with the per perseverance part is do that regularly. So you don't just stay away from them now, but you practice that as a way of life. That's what this means to, to you? To me, it does. When you hear it? Yeah. Interesting. Ron, you, you try to act all holy and, and know the word. What does that mean when you, when you read it? I have no idea. You have none? <laughs> <laughs> Not totally sure. Really? Have you, have I mean, you read uh, that I, before? Like, uh, yeah, just um, I'm guessing you, we're all going to go through something and stay with it, stay with God, you know, through, through it all. Whatever God's will, whatever happens, stay with it. Interesting. <laughs> Ron, do you want to hear that? No. No. <laughs> no. Um, just in your pay, in your soul expands through your patience. You know, you are becoming godlike and waiting as you wait for his direction, your soul can expand to know what is right. You know, he's showing you what is right through your patience. You're not jumping to conclusions, making expectations. Okay. One other comment. What does that mean? Do but you know? Me, do you have an idea? What I do mean? have an idea. Right. When, when you fall to, like, judging someone, feeling something bad about them, right? They've done something wrong, that you, and you feel that feeling, you're supposed to kind of endure that and let it go and not do what your thoughts are telling you to say or do. Let me just add to what's been said. Um, possession of the soul is gained through your patience, endurance, patient endurance, what befalls it. You know how sometimes um, you go through challenges in life. Some of the challenges are given to you by evil, by Satan. You know, he gets you in trouble that way. And then some of them are given to you by other people. They're brought up on you by other people. Someone may try to badmouth you or lie on you or whatever. And your first instinct is to want to solve that problem, get, you know, get rid of it right away. Uh, even when the devil is tempting you with a challenge. Well, what, the way that you uh, possession of the soul is gained through patience is that instead of you trying to resolve those issues yourself, you have to wait for God to do it. Totally wait. And, and, and the reason I'm just adding to it because you're right. You can't give in to the thoughts about the situation. You can't give in to, even if you've already done something that you should not have done, and, and somebody's going to use it against you, you have to still wait through that too. You can't solve it because when you do, you're, when you do try to rush and solve the problems yourself, 
you're not exercising faith, and so you don't exercise patience. So patience is not taking control of your heart, your soul, your intellect. So you have to learn to wait and let this situation work out. And when you do, and it may take for years, you may have fear that it's not going to work out, but you still have to endure anyway. Don't believe anything that your mind is telling you about it. Don't believe what others say about, say about it. You just wait through it, and that's how your soul, you take possession of your soul through patience, endurance. And most of us are not accustomed to doing that. And, you know, um, because God is invisible to us, you know, it's hard to wait for something that you can't see. You can't ask him questions, or at least you think you can't, right? Whereas if I'm physical and I tell you something, you can always ask me questions. But with God, he is invisible, so you're dealing with an invisible situation. But thank God we do have Jesus. And so through prayer, we can ask Jesus questions about things. And through prayer, he will reveal answers to us. And I don't mean you sit there and pray with your mouth. You sit there and be still so that the Holy Spirit can intercede for you so that Satan can't understand what's happening and give you the wrong answer about the situation. That's why you have to learn to sit still and pray so that the Holy Spirit can ask whatever you need to know of Christ and Christ can give you the answers. But you've got to endure it if you want to possess your soul. And the average human being cannot wait through anything, especially if it looks as though it's going to take a long time. You don't want to wait. But you got to also remember that, in, and I believe, I may be wrong about this, but I think somewhere in the Bible says that in God's eyes, in God's eyes, a day is a thousand years, right? And, and then, uh, uh, and then uh, a thousand years is a day to him. And so his time is not our time. And so we seem to have us thinking that it's going to take forever to work this out. You know, I would have destroyed myself. But he is not seeing time in the way that we see it. That's why we have to be patient through it and let him work it out for us. I'm telling you, it is one of the most powerful things we can do as children of God. But if you have, if you have a relationship with thought, you're not going to be able to do it. Because thoughts are always tell you what you like and don't like, what is good, what is bad, what is right, and what is wrong. And if you have a relationship with thoughts, you're never going to have that relationship to endure so you can possess your soul. That makes sense? A little bit at least, right? I want to really want you to know that. That's why I didn't want you to have this mindset that it's because I'm a woman and it's because I'm black. If that's somebody else's problem, that's their problem. But don't have a mindset about anything. Always have a wait-and-see attitude about all things. And then you can develop spiritually. Real fast. Yeah, I noticed that uh, when someone has done, I just noticed this recently, when someone did me a wrong, the devil immediately comes, I, I have those feelings, and the devil immediately comes and shows me everything about him that is wrong. Yes. But if I wait through that yes. and don't respond to it, don't act on it, yeah. then God shows me my fault in it. Yes. You know, so, That's right. Yeah. Exactly. And then when you see your fault, you can be free. You know, you, you're growing spiritually. You're becoming patient. You love folks. You're not holding things against people. But you got to wait through things 
and be ready to wait. I don't care what the mind is saying or how painful it may be. Wait through it anyway, and you can possess your soul. Yes, right here, real fast. I saw running first, and then I come. Yes. Also, because the time is an illusion. Yes. So when we're waiting for God, we, we, we're trying to anticipate something happening in the future, but we need to live in the moment. That's right. In every instant. And then we won't see it as a long time coming. Because Satan makes you think, it's going to take forever to get over this. You know, blah, blah, blah. Don't listen to that stuff. You're not in control of your soul when you listen to that. You cannot have a relationship with your imagination at all. That's why God said, bring the entire imagination into captivity. You've got to have control over your entire imagination, all of your thoughts. Yes? Um, I have this attitude a lot of times where in my, my, in my, my thoughts will tell me a certain thing, and I'll decide to just kind of wait it out, because I have this attitude that this too shall pass. Like, at some point, this is, I'm going to come out of this. Yes. And every time I've waited for it to come out, I've always been so surprised at the results. Yes, ma'am. And if you don't, and I, so I, I've learned over the years not to rush to make decisions on things, to kind of wait them out because that's when the best things end up happening. Amen. Although it is very painful during it. <laughs> it's very painful. That's but right. But at the end of it, it's, it all passes eventually. And the reason that it's painful because the ego wants to be God. It wants to be God. And it doesn't want you to wait upon the true God. It wants to be your God. So that's why he's constantly talking to you and making you feel doubt and fear and worry because he needs you to give in to him so that he can be your God. But if you don't, then he is not God and um, he can't control you. Isn't that nice? And I say all this to say too is that we got to learn to totally let go of all that we think we know and all that we think we don't know. Never, ever, ever assume you got it and never assume that you know it. Never, don't even assume at all. And I, and I hear people say, oh, I got it now. I got it. No, you don't. Because the moment you say you got it, you lose it. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. The moment you say, oh, I got it, you become a nutcase. It's best to, to not know and just live. Don't, don't assume anything. And all those tricks and games Satan is playing on us. He's playing a game. Our relationship with Satan runs deep because we've grown up with him, not realizing that that's what's going on. And we're so familiar with his voice and his ways, and we are convinced that they're our voice, that it's our voice and our ways, and it's not. My question next week is going to be, should we fear God? Should we fear God? Yes. Everybody say yes? Well, at least two people. No. You say no? no. Ooh. We have her on tape. Run just saying no and just give me a yes or no. Jesus said yes. You said we should fear God. Jesus said yes. Do you we fear should. God? Uh, yes. You do? do? Who fear God in this room? I can't wait until next Sunday. If the law is willing and the creek don't rise. You, you fear him too. Ooh. I asked my barber, do you fear God? And by the way, folks, we need to tithe and offerings. So go to Bond, make a donation, or call in 800-411-BOND and make a donation. I asked my barber, I said, do you fear God? He's like, yes, I fear God. 
And I said, why? Because when I was a child, my parents told me to, and the Bible said it too. Isn't that amazing? Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for coming. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. Yeah.